If you go too long without eating, you stimulate a hormone called lipase, and lipase is a fat-storing enzyme. Welcome back to another Rest, Eat, Move podcast. Again, Chris Johnson here. I'm solo again. And uh, the format we've been trying to do for the last handful of podcasts, we're coming out once a week, a little bit shorter. Um, once a month, I think we're going to do an interview. But I really like the format we've been going after. Again, Matt and Steven have been pushing me on this. I like to do interviews and kind of be long-winded. But today, I'm going to talk a little bit about meal patterning and the frequency of eating. But before I begin, I want to do a little housekeeping. What's happening around here at On Target Living? Well, the good news is uh, live events are coming back. In fact, I'm heading to California this weekend and um, outside of LA at a pretty cool resort. And then I'm going to be traveling uh, midweek to New York and Matt is now in Florida speaking. So the live events are coming back. And we're excited about that. Virtual is still here, but uh, some live events. And also, we have a virtual two-day full immersion, <laughs> as much as we can virtually. Uh, it's May 18th and 19th, and it's from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., two consecutive days in a row. And that's going to be with uh, Coach Tab, my daughter Kristen, the dietitian, works for the governor, and then my, my son Matt and myself. So check that out. Uh, it's on our website, May 18th through 19th, uh, a two-day virtual event, 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. So, all right, so the topic today is meal patterning. So in my new book, if you're not familiar with this, Rest, Eat, Move, just came out in January. And in the eat section, there's a whole segment on the eating pyramid. And the eating pyramid is relatively simple. It begins with hydration, followed by superfoods. And then we move into food quality, that's carbs, proteins, and fats. And then the fourth bucket is this thing called meal patterning or timing or frequency of eating, however you want to do that. So that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get into the weeds a little bit about this topic and um, hopefully we'll create some awareness for you. So when you think of nutrition, most often, um, we're discussing, the focus is on calories, food quality, macros, carbs, proteins, and fats, vitamins, and minerals. But seldom do we talk about how our patterns of eating. And if you think about this, the goal of this is to create a better awareness of your patterns of eating. And so that's one of the things I'll end with today is some steps. And I want you to think about if I asked you, I had a woman recently and I was asking her, tell me about your patterns of eating. And she said, well, what, what do I eat? I know, I want to know your patterns of eating. She said, nobody's ever asked me that before. And I said, well, tell me approximately when do you eat breakfast? Well, I don't. Well, when's your first meal? Well, sometimes it's at noon, sometimes it's at 1, sometimes it's at 2 p.m. When do you eat again? Normally at 6 to 7 p.m. Do you eat snacks during the day? No. And so we started asking about this and really got into the weeds a little bit about it. And I like to start with this. When you think of Nutrition 101, what is Nutrition 101? Number one, what nutrients are you missing? So when you look at somebody's 
nutritional program, what are you missing? Could you be missing vitamin C, B vitamins, omega-3 fats? What are you missing? And number two is, what are you not absorbing? Just because you put a nutrient in the body does not mean your body can break it down and absorb it. And we like to talk about that because we're not designed to consume nutrients in isolation. That's why we're not a big fan of a lot of the supplements out there. Just because you take vitamin C or magnesium doesn't mean, or, or D3 doesn't mean your body's going to absorb it the way you want to. So again, make this simple today. What nutrients are you missing? And what nutrients are you not absorbing? So that leads us into what is meal patterning. So imagine taking your nutrients over the day. Imagine we're saying 2,000 calories. I ate 2,000 calories a day. Well, how do you distribute? How do you consume that during your day? That's the conversation today is how do you break it down? And then you get into what's the best way to develop these patterns of eating, these meal patterns? Well, I'm going to give you some recommendations, but if you really get into the science of it, there's no one exact way. If you go back in time, in ancient Greece, they really only believed in eating one meal a day. If you did more than that, it was not healthy. And I thought this was interesting. The philosopher Moses Ben Maimon, Moses Ben Maimon, in 1135, and you've heard this before, came up with eat like a king in the morning, a prince at noon, and a peasant at dinner. So again, when we think about that, we've been talking about structure or patterns of eating for a long time. Now, I worked at one of the largest health clubs in the world way back in the, the early 90s. In fact, I started at the Michigan Athletic Club in uh, actually October of 1990. The club opened in January of 91. And I worked there for about 17 years as the fitness personal training director. And I remember going back in time People were always on a diet. And so, again, we're talking about our training program. I started doing seminars. And my first seminar, my first book was called Meal Patterning. Because I started listening to how people were eating. I'm like, wow, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I've been in bodybuilding since 1985. I competed in 10 contests. And I started looking at how do I get in shape for a bodybuilding contest. I changed the patterns of how I was eating. So in 1992... I came across this research article on the patterns of how sumo wrestlers were eating. And the sumo wrestlers are the champions at gaining weight. Now, most research people want to know is like, how do you lose weight? Well, I started, I was fascinated, like, how do they gain weight? And if you looked at how they did it, they did it relatively the same every time they would change the frequency of eating. Now, many people, when they're trying to lose weight, the first thing they do is cut meals out of their diet. In fact, the sumo wrestlers know that the way you lose weight is you only eat basically one meal a day. They're the champions and intermittent fasting. They only eat one meal a day. But they recognized if they only ate one meal a day, the volume, the volume of food was incredibly high. So again, they were eating four, five, six thousand calories in only one meal. And then the kicker was they understood insulin because insulin is not only a hunger hormone, 
Again, when insulin levels get too high, we want to overeat. We've all done this at Thanksgiving. You've eaten that 3,000-calorie dinner, and then you take your nap, and then you get up and you want to eat, but you're not really interested in eating more broccoli. You're interested in eating more things that spike up your blood glucose levels because insulin has been out, and insulin drops blood glucose level over a period of time. So when you think about the, the sumo wrestlers, they knew if they overstimulated insulin, that was a way to not only make them store more nutrients in the body, that is the hunger hormone, but that is the storing hormone. And so they were champions of that. And then after they consumed this large volume of food, and again, it wasn't crummy food. It wasn't a bunch of Doritos and, and Pringles. It was really high volume of food, but also really healthy, and they would take a nap. And they would take a nap for two to two and a half hours because their circulating insulin would make them be, become drowsy, blood glucose would drop, and again, the body was in constant storage. So, And most sumo wrestlers, unfortunately, get diabetes in their mid-30s, and most of them are don't live past age 50, not a healthy plan. But again, that's the way they gain their weight. Also, if you go too long without eating, you stimulate a hormone called lipase, and lipase is a fat-storing enzyme. So again, as we talk about fasting today a little bit as we go, just understanding the two things we do not want to overdo is overdo insulin, eating too much at one time, or go too long without eating, now your body becomes more in the scarcity and now your lipase enzymes, your fat storing enzymes become more sensitive. So that's the big thing when you look at what is the science behind this? And there's internal circadian rhythms. We talk about nutrition. We talk about food is love. Food is social. But food is also information and medicine to the body. So how we eat, our patterns... Our meal patterns really can make a huge difference. Now, there was a study out of U of M a handful of years ago, and they took 2,000 calories, exactly the same nutrients, and they had the control group consume 2,000 calories in one meal. And then they had the other group consume 400 calories in five different meals, but exactly the same calorie content and exactly the same food. And what they started looking at is that insulin levels became very high in the only one meal a day and they become much lower. And again, the group that split up their meals, 400 calories over five times a day, that group actually got a little bit leaner and the group that ate only one meal a day gained a little bit of body weight. So the goal is understanding what's best for you, how often should you be eating? So here's a couple questions for you. Should you eat three meals a day and a snack between meals? Is eating breakfast the right thing to do? And again, there's a lot of stuff going on when we're talking about intermittent fasting and the different diets out there today. I see more and more people go back to Nutrition 101. They're skipping meals and now they're missing nutrients. When you shrink your time of eating, many times you start shrinking your nutrients. So I want you to think about as we go forward here, when I was trying to get leaner for a bodybuilding contest, I would eat more often and I would have smaller meals. So typically for me, my morning I get up around 6.30, and again, I'm just gonna give you my plan. I get up at 6.30, give or take a little bit here and there, 
And I get up and drink water and sometimes with lemon. And then I'm going to take Floyd out for a walk. That's my dog Floyd. Go out for a walk. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to do my superfood routine. Cod liver oil and generally five ice cubes of wheatgrass. That's my morning routine around 7.15. But normally I'm going to eat breakfast if I'm going to work out or wherever what I'm ever going to do. It's usually around 9 or 9.30. Depending on what time I get up. But most of the time that's my routine. 9 or 9.30. And then around... 12.30, 1 o'clock, I'm going to eat lunch. And generally, my breakfast is going to be oatmeal on the run. I love ancient grains. Sometimes I'll do teff. Sometimes I'll do amaranth. But most of the time, I like the cold oatmeal, the oatmeal on the run. I put cacao nibs in there, coconut, some type of fruit, some type of nuts, plant-based milk, put in the refrigerator overnight. It's easy. And I like how it makes me feel. My energy level is good. It's high in B vitamins. It's high in magnesium. It's, again, really healthy for you, and it's easy, and it doesn't take a lot of time. For lunch, 12, 30, 1 o'clock, usually it's leftovers or some type of big salad. And many times, I don't use a lot of animal protein during lunchtime, but sometimes, depending on what we had over for leftovers, but that's normally my lunch routine. Unless I'm traveling, I'm eating out, and generally, when I'm eating out, I'll eat a big salad, maybe some salmon or chicken, or just um, vegetables and nuts. Around 3.30, 4 o'clock, I'm having a snack. And I get, I, I'm like, okay, I, I'm hungry. I need something to eat because I haven't really overate at any meal. So again, I'm not having to eat a, eat, eat a gigantic breakfast or a huge lunch. Again, it's these smaller type meals, three, four, 500 calorie type meals. And then generally for a snack, it's going to be a piece of fruit. It could be a banana an apple, an orange, some type of fruit. And then I'm going to always add some nuts to that. Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts, almonds, walnuts, but some type of nuts because if I don't have that protein and fat, I'm not going to be very satisfied. So again, I love the fruit, makes my body more alkaline, makes my gut healthy, satisfies me. Generally, sometimes it's sweet depending on what I consume, but then here comes the nuts. And then approximately 6.30, 7 p.m., here comes the dinner. And I've had spirulina corella during the day and water and things like that. But generally, that's my sequence of three meals, maybe a snack. And then dinner is going to be relatively the same stuff. It's going to be some type of meat, chicken, bison, flank steak, uh, fish, something like that, some type of potatoes. I love potatoes, whether it's red skin, purple, white, sweet, olive oil, and then I'm going to have some kind of vegetable. Last night I had steamed broccoli or I'll have baked vegetables in the oven with olive oil on it. But that's normal dinner. And then sometimes I like to have popcorn at night. I never used to like popcorn. My wife Paula likes popcorn. And with coconut oil, a little bit of sea salt on that. That's a nice little snack. Or I have some frozen berries or frozen cherries. Or I'll just drink herbal tea, but I'm not eating a lot at night. So again, after I've eaten dinner, I'm, away we go. And then we move into fasting. And generally, I'm shutting it down because I want to make sure I'm fasting. Ideally for me, it's 14 hours overnight. So 12 to 14 hours, then I'm not really worrying about being on a diet. So again, if people get crazy with this. They're going 18 hours. They're going 20 hours. Well, here I'm here to tell you, you can do that occasionally. But if you do it too much, 
you start shrinking that time, you start missing nutrients, and now you start messing with your lipase enzymes. And generally for more and more people, if you go from, let's just say noon, until six or seven o'clock, you're probably gonna eat your arm off for dinner. That's a problem. So again, when people are trying to make sure they're trying to stand pace and have a lifestyle they can repeat, if you go too long without eating, your lipase enzymes get more sensitive, you're probably gonna overeat, which raises insulin levels, and hence we're not moving in a great direction. So for me personally, it's generally gonna be three meals and maybe a snack or two. And that rule is every three to four hours. Now think of also, if you've eaten a meal, it's like a washing machine. Now my daughter Kristen, when she's been at her house or she stayed with us for a, a handful of months when she came into Michigan from Chicago, she loves to stuff the washing machine so full. I don't even know if it cleans this. It's no different than your stomach. You wanna eat to about 70% full. We've all overeaten before. But when I'm eating smaller meals and I know I get to eat again, in my mind, I don't have to overeat. So again, we're not in the world we used to be where we had to eat a lot and then we had to transition because we never knew when the next meal was coming. But that's what I found in 10 bodybuilding contests. If I want to get leaner, I just eat smaller meals a little bit more often. Now, I'm generally not going to eat. I'm not nibbling. I'm going at least three to four hours without eating. So again, I hear that a lot. Like, well, you need to allow your body to, to recover. I'm not allowing my body to recover because I haven't put much in the washing machine. And it's generally really pretty high quality nutrients. And then I'm gonna know I'm gonna eat in every three and a half to four hours. And then I'm fasting overnight. Generally, again, back to I'm not starting my first meal, my breaking the fast until nine or 9.30. So if I've eaten at seven o'clock, I've gone that 14 hours overnight. So when you think about your patterns of eating, it's not only the quality of what you're doing, because that's number one. We focus on the hydration first, bring in some of those omega-3 fats, maybe the spirulina corella, some of the superfoods we talk about. And then from there, we move into high-quality carbs, high-quality proteins, high-quality fats. So those are the macronutrients. And then we move into number four, and that's the timing, the frequency, the meal patterns. So if, you, if we're kind of summarizing this at the end, because there's a lot we could go into the weeds about this physiologically, psychologically. There's a lot going on when we eat. But the goal is, are you satisfied with what you're doing? And I know myself, my energy level feels good when I'm eating three and a half to four hours. I mean, high quality foods. I'm not overeating. And I feel very satisfied. My energy level's high. So for me personally, that works. Now for some of you, if we summarize this, I'm just gonna give you some simple steps. Remember, food is love, food is social, but food is also information and also medicine for the human body. And it does make a difference in how you distribute your calories during the day. It does make a difference. If you're trying to gain weight, shrink your meals down to one or possibly two large meals a day. That's not a good ticket. We now know heart disease goes up, cancer levels go up. 
So there's not only the weight, weight that we're adding, it's also not really healthy for the body. So again, Nutrition 101, what am I missing? And number two, am I going to be absorbing those nutrients? And now we know if I'm eating smaller meals every three and a half, four hours, it's easy for the body to break down and absorb those nutrients. So I'm going to give you a quick summary as we wrap this up. Again, relatively short, very specific. These come out once a week. So I'm going to give you a little steps here. Step number one. And so if you're taking notes, you're in the car, you're watching this, whatever you're doing. Step number one. Understand, again, we, we always talk about awareness. Do you have blind spots? I truly believe people have blind spots on many things in their life, including their health. And a big one is how do they eat? So if I asked you, what does your current eating patterns look like? When do you first eat your first meal? When do you eat the second meal? Maybe the third meal, the fourth meal. When do you stop eating? What's your fasting look like? This is what this whole conversation is about. It's not the food quality today. It's not a carb. It's not a protein. It's a fat. It's what does it look like? Okay, so that's step number one. Step number two, fasting. I want you to think about, are you fasting 12 to 14 hours consistently? Now, again, if you want to go 16 hours, 18 hours, great. But I find for many people, that turns into a diet. You go out to dinner. You're out with friends. It's now I'm on a diet. And then the other thing, too, if you're going too long without eating, your body can create that lipase enzyme. And number two, the fat storing enzyme. And number two, you're probably missing nutrients. When people skip breakfast, we now know, again, there's so much facts about this. People debate it. But I want you to think about eating breakfast. Are you eating breakfast? Because, if again, if I'm fasting and I'm going too, too long, and my space starts to shrink, I'm probably going to miss a breakfast. That's generally the, the meal that most people give up. So I want you to think about fasting 12 to 14 hours overnight. And as I mentioned, step number three, nutrition 101. What nutrients are you missing? I want you to make a note to yourself. Are you consuming omega-3 fats? Are you consuming B vitamins? People are taking all these supplements today. Are you consuming anything high levels of D3? That's why we're a big fan of cod liver oil, because it has high levels of... So what are you missing? Are you missing a vegetable? Are you missing a fruit? Are you missing omega-3 fats, monounsaturated fats? What are you missing? Maybe you're missing selenium and zinc, Brazil nuts, pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds. So again, some of those are the omega-6 fats. But think about that. What are you missing? All right, so that's number three. I've already touched on this one. Number four is breakfast. I want you to think about eating before 11 a.m. So again, if you're eating at 11 a.m., it could be type of breakfast. But many people are now cutting the fruit out of their diet. They're cutting ancient grains out of their diet. They're missing some of these valuable nutrients that make the body more alkaline, make the gut healthy, serotonin for the brain. We've never seen higher levels of anxiety. This is essential for having optimal health. But I want you to think about eating breakfast, breaking the fast, and that's before 11 a.m. Because if, again, you're going past 11 a.m., you're shrinking your time here, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to eat like the sumo wrestlers. Step number five, and this is what we're talking about without getting crazy here, but I want you to think about eating smaller meals more often. Again, 
we do, I sometimes eat too much at dinner time, but I want you to think about if you ate, ate smaller meals, and this is what I did every time I'm competing in bodybuilding, and this is kind of what I follow pretty much every day. I want you to eat smaller meals every three to four hours. And I want you to think about that for a minute. You might just add a simple snack. Maybe your gut health is not where you want it to be. So how do you fit that apple into your diet? Maybe it's an afternoon snack with some nuts. So I want you to think about that. What are you missing? Are you getting enough B vitamins? Maybe you need to eat more ancient grains or maybe you need a potato once in a while. We need to think about what are you missing along the way and you're doing that with frequent small meals not loading up the washing machine. So again, check this out. If you're eating two meals, maybe you go to two meals and a snack. That's it. Don't get crazy with this. So again, that snack is going to probably make you feel better, but it also might rub up your metabolism as time goes on. And then last thing is, at the end of the day, I want you to think about, I want you to eat more calories in the first part of your day than in the last part of your day. So we don't want to be top heavy. And this is what I find for more and more people that we've worked with. I train. They're too top heavy at night because they're not top heavy enough during the day. So I've worked with so many people and all we do is change the distribution of calories. I want you to eat a little bit more early on. I want you to eat more through the day. And so when it comes to seven, eight o'clock at night, you're not eating your arm off because your body's already depleted. So I can't say this enough. Distribute your calories a little bit more on the front end of the day versus the end of the day. And if you take those exact same calories and distribute them differently, the human body will react differently. Get back to circadian rhythms, back to lipase enzymes, back to metabolism. Everything people are looking for, they want to have better energy, they have a better waistline, they want to have overall health, they want to sleep better. So again, this is a big deal your patterns of eating over time, how you distribute your nutrients is a big deal. And again, that's the conversation today. So as we move forward, don't get crazy with it. You might just be aware of what you're doing. Change this, change that, add one thing at a time. If you have any questions, reach out to us. We're always here to help you. And remember this, you have the power to feel your best. We'll see you next time.